0: This is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Susana Suissuki. Coming up,
1: who judge Wanga as a controversial figure? As far as we're concerned, we're not judges.
0: Pacific Islands Forum leaders confirm Baron Wanga will be leading the regional body. Also, our United Nations rep says America is committed to climate financing for the Pacific. And later on,
1: everyone needs to contribute to help the most vulnerable countries, like those in the Pacific.
0: Don't lift the ban on oil and gas exploration, Vanuatu's climate minister says to New Zealand. The Pacific Islands Forum leaders emerged from their retreat on Aitutaki on Thursday local time, with their outcomes document finalised. The leaders welcomed the implementation plan for the 2050 strategy for the Blue Pacific, their blueprints for the Pacific-led development. On climate change, they committed to implementing the Paris Agreement and endorsed the creation of a Pacific climate finance facility. There were discussions also on the Fukushima wastewater discharge. Leaders recalled the concern voiced about the exercise and noted the ongoing monitoring of the discharge by Japan and the IAEA. I spoke with Lydia Lewis shortly after the leaders' press conference on Itutaki. Kia ora na Lydia, what's the latest? Leaders have just emerged from a press
2: conference on Aitutaki following what was an historic leaders retreat. Mark Brown announced that the implementation plan for the 2050 strategy has been endorsed. This leads the way for the future of the Pacific people. I'm joined now by Tiana, we're just driving to the airport. Um, Tiana, what does this mean for Pacific people and the Pacific way? If we have a strategy going forward for what our, our region is going to be doing to combat all of the various issues our region faces, um, it means that we have a united approach to everything. And also one of the biggest outcomes to come from this meeting, um, and apologies for the sound in the background, but we're racing to catch a flight at the moment, is the appointment of Baron Wanga, the former Nauru president, as secretary general. Before the leaders' retreat today, Baron Wanga left Rarotonga on a private jet. I got this confirmed from airport staff. They told me he left at around 11.30 Cook Islands time. Now, when questioned on this, why he was appointed such a controversial figure, uh, someone who was criticised, heavily for his handling and treatment of refugees in Nauru who were held there by Australia uh, in offshore detention. They said that this was the outcome of the Suva agreement, that they are implementing it, and so Baron Wanga is now confirmed to be the next Secretary General of the Pacific Islands Forum. Also another outcome of this is the confirmation that Tonga will host the next Pacific Island Forum. Huacava Meliku Siosi Sobaleni sat next to the lineup of leaders. The Troika was sitting there and confirmation was read out that he will host the next Pacific Island Forum. There were a number of other
0: outcomes as well. What was the mood like among the leaders when they announced Baron Wanga's appointment?
2: The leaders were all sitting behind the forum troika as this was being announced. There were no notable head bobs or side eyes or anything, uh, but more to come, I guess, on the coming days as we get their reaction.
0: Did any of the leaders address the Fukushima issue?
2: Yes,
0: yeah, the
2: issue was addressed, but nothing new has come out of it. I was hoping to press the forum chair on this issue because civil society has raised concerns and called for Japan, who was a dialogue partner, to be kicked off the dialogue partner list. But the press conference ran out of time and we were told we could not ask the question. And Shana, as I'm talking to you right now, I'm watching the leaders take off from Aitutaki. Their plane is revving up and heading to Arotonga. What's been the response from the local community? Well, Tiana and I were out and about in the community today. This was a significant event here for the community. There are 1,700 people who live on Aitutaki. The pristine blue lagoon was shining today. But the people who were really shining were the locals. Tiana and I were taken in by a mama who Tiana knows very well. She has been involved in three Pacific Islands forums. Is that right, Tiana? Tell us more, please. Yeah, so this is the one and only Auntie Nani. She's been involved from the first ever forum that was held here in the Kapalas, with the retreat in Aizaki, and the last one, as well as this one. And she has incredible photographs from these previous forums, which we will be uh, we will be chatting with her later on today uh, at the airport before the flight, and we'll bring you some more feature coverage on her story. So today was historic, not just for the leaders and the outcomes of the Pacific Islands Forum Leaders Summit and Leaders Retreat, but also for locals as they reflect on their third
0: Pacific Islands Forum that has been held in the Cook Islands. That was Lydia Lewis reporting from Aitutaki In other news, Tuvalu's Prime Minister Kausia Natano has confirmed Tuvalu and Australia will enter a bilateral treaty that offers special visas for Tuvalu citizens to work, study and live in Australia due to the threats of the climate crisis. In a joint press conference in the Cook Islands, Australia's Prime Minister Anthony Albanese said 280 people from Tuvalu per year will be able to migrate to Australia under the Special Mobility Pathway. Mr Albanese has described the treaty as groundbreaking. The agreement includes a $16.9 million commitment from Australia to expand Tuvalu's main island's landmass by 6% to help withstand sea level rise. The U.S. representative to the United Nations says America is committed to delivering on climate financing for the Pacific. Attending the Pacific Island Forum, she also spoke with Nauru's President David Aryang before he abandoned the forum and left Rarotonga on a private jet. Alicia Foon spoke with U.S. Ambassador Linda Greenfield-Thomas about climate funding promised by Biden and more.
3: Well, my first question is, how long will the Pacific have to wait for funding promised by Biden?
1: Look, the commitments that the president made during uh, during the meetings that we had in September are strong commitments. We're ready to deliver on those commitments. Part of those commitments is engagement. I'm the first cabinet uh, person to uh, come since we recognize the Cook Islands. I'm here to engage directly with leaders, to answer their questions, to address their, their concerns and to ensure that we move forward on uh, delivering the commitments that the president made.
3: When will you be ready to
1: move forward? I think we're ready now. Uh, everything is not going to happen in a day. Uh, it's not going to happen in, in a week, but it is happening and we you will see the results of that on a regular basis.
3: Are there any updates on Congress and this funding?
1: Congress is still working on the, um, on the budget, as you know. Uh, we have, uh, over the course of the past couple of weeks, uh, the, uh, uh, the House has been uh, working to uh, uh, elect a speaker the Speaker has now been uh, elected, and we expect and hope that they will move forward on the President's budget requests uh, in, the, uh, in the coming weeks.
3: Solomon Islands leader Manasseh Sogavadi has criticized the U.S. for paying lip service and not following through. What is your response to that?
1: Uh, I am a follow-through. Uh, my presence here, I am committed uh, as a member of the President's Cabinet. Uh, to ensure that the commitments we made are delivered on as you know we've uh, also appointed a special envoy ambassador Frankie Reed who is here in the region with me and is regularly in the region and part of her job is to ensure that we deliver on the commitments that the president made
3: can you promise a date when will the funding be
1: delivered? I can't promise a date. Uh, I don't think anyone can promise uh, a date. What we can promise is that we will very aggressively and continuously work on delivering on the commitments the president made.
3: What else is the U.S. bringing to the Pacific table?
1: You know, we are here to listen at the concerns that are being raised. For example, we know that climate change is at the top of the agenda. I'm traveling with uh, uh, someone from uh, Special Envoy Kerry's office uh, who will be engaging on climate deliverables that uh, we hope to make to address many of the climate concerns. I'm also traveling with uh, Vice Admiral from the Coast Guard, who is working directly with island countries on many of their security concerns, working on addressing some of uh, the areas that they have uh, expressed the desire for assistance with, such as fisheries. So we're here as a team uh, to ensure that we address the concerns that countries uh, have, and uh, all of us will go back with a strong commitment to ensure that we bring back to these islands what they've asked for.
3: When will the U.S. ratify the Ratatangan Treaty?
1: Look, you know that uh, President uh, Obama uh, uh, sent the treaty to to Congress, uh, and that is something that uh, they are working on. But we are committed to what's in the treaty, and we are taking actions to uh, support the, uh, the 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 uh, the commitments made in the treaty.
3: Mm. Vanuatu this year has been hit by three cyclones. The US has been arguing loss and damages. How do you think the Pacific feel?
1: I think the you know we are here and we've heard the uh, we've heard the the concerns that they have raised about about loss and damages. As you know, we supported the resolution in the Security Council that addressed. Uh, these issues. But let me just say, it is the U.S. that is always uh, standing first whenever there's any kind of natural disaster. And any of the people in this region know uh, that it is our disaster assistance through USAID, through our Coast Guard, uh, and through others who will always be here immediately to support uh, uh, populations who are affected by uh, natural disasters.
3: Is the U.S. only interested in the Pacific region because it fears Beijing's efforts to expand its footprint?
1: We're interested because we think we have something to offer. We think we can be a good partner. We're not telling countries they have to choose between us and and China. What we're telling countries is that they have a choice and we want to ensure that the partnership we provide gives them a good choice to make. Uh, we're not saying to them to stop trading with China. Uh, we trade with China. Uh, we're not saying uh, to them that uh, they need to end uh, their relationships with China. But what we want to make sure is they see positive results from, uh, from those relationships that benefit the people of, of, uh, of this region. Civil
3: society in Vanuatu is calling for the U.S. to commit to phasing out fossil fuels. When will this happen?
1: Look, we have been uh, actively engaged with the um, uh, uh, with Secretary through Secretary Gary's office in addressing uh, these issues, and while we are committed to supporting those goals. Uh, The US is doing other things to ensure that there are alternatives, and we're working with countries to address that. Mm -hmm. But at this time, I think we're not in a position to say it will phase out immediately, but I think eventually we want to see that happen.
3: How will the US be advocating for the Pacific uh, ahead of COP28 and at Um, COP28?
1: We're going to be engaging with the Pacific. Uh, leading to COP28 in December. We're going to be working closely uh, with countries so that as we go into those meetings in Doha in December, uh, we have a strong sense of what your priorities are. Uh, We have a sense of how we can support your priorities, and we will be working with uh, all of the countries in the region to actually accomplish that.
3: I have to ask, there was a protest yesterday on the steps of the um, forum around pro-Palestine. I have to ask about the humanitarian crisis. When will there be a ceasefire innocent women and children
1: being killed? We are st- strongly supporting uh, the provision of humanitarian assistance to the people of Gaza. We're working closely with the region, with Egypt, with Israel. Uh, as well as others, to ensure that humanitarian assistance uh, is delivered. You may have heard uh, today an announcement uh, in the U.S. of humanitarian pauses uh, every day to get humanitarian assistance in, and we all want to see an end to this war. Uh, But we also want to see when uh, people protest, that they are condemning the horrific actions that were taken by Hamas on October 7th, They're calling for the uh, return of hostages, and they're calling for uh, respect for humanitarian uh, law and for the laws of war. These are the actions that we're taking, both uh, in the, uh, in the, at the United Nations as well as uh, in, in Washington.
0: Vanuatu's climate minister is urging the incoming New Zealand government not to restart offshore oil and gas exploration in Aotearoa. National had pledged to lift the ban on exploration if elected. Lydia Lewis has the story.
4: Ralph Vanu Vanuatu's climate minister, emerged from a documentary screening about deep sea mining with a call for Aotearoa to let go of any thoughts about oil and gas exploration.
1: Well, we're calling them not to do it to be in in line with Paris, in line with 1.5 degree target, uh, the science says you cannot do new fossil fuels.
4: When asked in Rarotonga about New Zealand's ocean protection under the incoming government, National's Foreign Affairs spokesperson, Jerry Brownlee, defended the policy. We have very strong uh, protections in New Zealand, and those would continue. There's no suggestion that we'd be uh, changing uh, some of those. The only thing that we've said is that we would lift the ban on, on offshore oil and gas, but that, that becomes then a commercial decision. It's not the government that would be going out to do that. For Mr Reganwano, whose nation has already been hit by three severe cyclones this year, his plea is for wealthy countries to better fund vulnerable nations in line with the Paris Agreement. Mr Reganwano says there's a huge gap between financial commitments and what has actually been delivered.
1: Everybody, especially the countries that are much more wealthy than the others, developed countries, the ones with historical responsibility, the high emitters, Everyone needs to contribute to help the most vulnerable countries like those in the Pacific.
4: Ralf Vanu also says it's important for Pacific nations to use the language phase-out fossil fuels rather than phase-down fossil fuels. He says the latter belies the urgency of the climate crisis and is being used increasingly by the likes of Cook Island's Prime Minister Mark Brown, New Air Premier Dalton Tangelangi, and most recently the President of Palau, Sir Whips Jr.
2: The phasing out, you've got to have a replacement. You can't just phase it out. Not have a replacement, and we've got to look at all sources. So, uh, what's most important is uh, let's let's work together to find uh, viable solutions so that we can all transition and phase out fossil fuels.
4: The other major environmental issue at this week's Pacific Islands Forum Leaders Summit is Japan's discharge of treated nuclear wastewater into the Pacific Ocean. Zealand Premier Dalton Tangilangi says he's disappointed Japan went ahead with the discharge before Pacific Islands leaders could properly meet to discuss the findings of the independent scientific review panel.
0: Well, we're just showing our disappointment. Because the forum, we engage our scientists to undertake our own uh, investigations, but surprisingly that they went and released them. Well, it would have been nice uh, if we had that discussion here.
4: A regional watchdog, the Pacific Network on Globalisation, has issued a call for Pacific leaders to kick Japan, which is a forum dialogue partner, out of the regional body. Spokesperson Joey Tau told RNZ there is not enough evidence to support Japan's claims that its continual release of treated nuclear wastewater into the Pacific Ocean is safe. The Pacific leaders continue their retreat on Aitutaki today, which will conclude with a joint communique outlining the decisions agreed to on the future direction of the Pacific and its people.
0: That's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, here to the to RNZI.com slash programmes. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio Radio podcasts. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, to fast we